Hey everyone, Dave Trumbore here from Saturday Morning Cartoons Podcast with your weekly pre-show announcements. Am I as good at this as Sean? No, but I'm also not trying nearly as hard. Today's quick pre-show announcements are some shout-outs, a Patreon request, and what's happening on today's episode. First up, the shout-outs. I've got a month's worth of shout-outs to catch up on, so if you want to see if yours made the list, listen in. If not, feel free to skip on ahead. First up, all the way back on episode 4 for ExoSquad, Zoe Burnham asks, What were your favorite breakfast cereals growing up? Mine were Banana Bubbles and Lucky Charms. Now, Zoe spells favorite with a U, so I'm assuming she's from the UK, which maybe that's where Banana Bubbles are from. I've never heard of it. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. But for me, Lucky Charms was definitely up there on the list, and Count Chocula was up there as well. How about you guys? Let us know. On our interview with Green Eggs and Ham creator Jared Stern, Brandon Heaton says, I love this series. It's so colorful. We agree. Contrary to popular belief, there are more colors than just green in the show. On episode 216, Spartacus and the Sun Beneath the Sea, Peter Swinkles, who saw reruns of this in the 90s, says, Generally, as you would get closer to Earth's center, gravity will get stronger, and the stronger the gravity is, the slower time will go. However, I doubt it would be significant in that case. Uh, I wasn't on that episode, so I don't know what's going on, but I love the sciencey side of it, so great work. On our recent review of the Iron Man cartoon, NeosGamer04 slash Ghost Nebula says, I remember watching this Iron Man series season 2 on Jetix when I was younger, but at that time I did not see or know about season 1 and the fact that it was pretty much He-Man and G.I. Joe with a Marvel coat of paint. Yeah, you dodged a repulsor blast by avoiding season 1 there. Do not seek it out. Trust us. For our interview with the producers of Harvey Girls Forever, Brandon Heaton says, I love this show. I can't wait for season 4. I really hope season 4 is not the last. Brandon, I wish I had more to tell you, but I'll say be sure to enjoy Season 4 when it arrives. You never know how much more is coming. In our She-Ra and the Princesses of Power Season 4 interview with the showrunner Noelle Stevenson, DarkGamer1226 says, OMG, I think Noelle was hinting at there being a Season 5. DarkGamer, now don't quote me on it, but I can just about guarantee that Season 5 is coming. Season 4 ends with a heck of a cliffhanger, and it would be pretty messed up if they just left us hanging on that. So, pretty sure Season 5 is coming. When? I don't know. Stay tuned. On another ancient episode, Brian Stone filled us in on some Herculoids lore, saying, The backstory is that Xandor and Tara lived in a highly technological society, but wanted to go back to nature and escape to Anzot. That's how they know how to operate the alien tech when they encounter it. Nice. I don't remember that being in the show, but it certainly makes sense. Now when's the Herculoids reboot? And on our review of the cartoon's classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Carlos Aponte says, Donatello, he does machines, and I think is the real leader. Now if memory serves correct, We asked what our listeners' favorite turtles were and why. Carlos has the correct and only possible answer. That's it for shoutouts. Feel free to send more comments our way and listen in the weeks ahead to see if yours made the list. But now, a quick ask. We have a Patreon. You probably knew that already. Want to give us a holiday present? You can support this show and our original content. It's a gift that keeps on giving. We like this show, you like this show, but we also like ad-free stuff. So consider being a patron, like Jake Grimshaw, John Helter, Melanie Harker, and Jamal Newman, as well as both Sean and myself. You can send us as little as $1 a month or as much as a Bezos billion. We're happy either way. Don't want to support? Totally cool. This message isn't for you, but you can still unwrap this free show and enjoy it. If you do want to support us, awesome. We really do appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. Click the link in the bio for any of our social media or search Saturday Morning Cartoons on Patreon. And remember, that's morning with a U. So after all that, what's on today's episode? Well, we're kicking off a month's worth of Lego Star Wars, thanks to Disney Plus making a bunch of series and episodes available on their new streaming service. We've already covered Star Wars animated series in the past, but this time around, we're focusing on the Lego-themed shows, starting with Lego Star Wars, The Yoda Chronicles. 
Will bricks get broke with the power of the force? Will there be lots of silly age-appropriate humor that super serious fanboys are sure to get mad about? And will Baby Yoda itself be chronicled? You'll have to tune in to find out. So now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the Collider Weekly Podcast for all things animation, including news, reviews, and interviews. Coming to you from a galaxy far, far away, I'll be your co-host, Sean Paul Ellis, and joining me from the planet Hoth, he's a frozen Wookiee pop. Welcome my co-host, Dave Trumbort. David, 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 how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, man. I thought I smelled bad on the outside. Oof, but, wasn't that uh, a tauntaun? Yeah, but... Uh... I don't know. That's all I got. Hoth jokes. <laughs> Hoth jokes are few and far between. <laughs> we are in December. We mm. have a new Star Wars movie coming out. Brains and we are frozen. are done yeah. with Star Wars jokes. Everything's frozen. Jokes are frozen. They are the all one. in carbonite. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Any time of year. Froze, yeah. froze those jokes in carbonite. <laughs> oh, boy. Carbonite. It's not just for Christmas. That way, I wonder what it would be like to be a carbonite salesman. They never talk about where it comes from. They never talk about, like, is it is it one of those things like natural gas or, like, propane where you just take it down to the local, like, utility store and get your tank refilled? I'm assuming it is. Like you're assuming it is? If you've I'm been watching The Mandalorian, it goes through quite a bit of that. So I would really like to know <laughs> the, uh, the market value of a tank of carbonite. So if you guys know, <laughs> give us a heads up. Let us know. Make sure that you tweet right at us. <laughs> directly to us. Yeah, directly Leave to us. Leave Disney out of this. We're trying to we're trying to buy wholesale carbonite right now. We mm-hmm. want to cut out the middleman. This right. is no B two B. This is directly to somebody who wants to buy it, named Dave Trumpor. Yeah, for what? For research purposes. Yeah, for oh man, <laughs> you did not just incriminate yourself with the purchase of carbonite. <laughs> Whoops! I thought Thanks. I was being sly. Oh, I'm man. new to this bounty hunter research thing. Forgive me. Are you very? Oh boy, man, we are talking about. If none of this has made any sense, and I don't <laughs> You're know why. In the wrong place. If it doesn't I don't make know any why. Sense. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We are talking about Star Wars Legos. Yeah. And this is the Yoda Chronicles. Yeah. One of what? Right. Three or four, I think three ish uh, Lego Star Wars things on the new streaming service, Disney Plus. Now that they're all in one convenient place, if you pay enough, uh, we thought we'd check them out for the, the month of December here for you guys. We have Rise of the Skywalker that's coming out December 20th. We have historically actually watched and talked about a bunch of Star Wars films in the past on this show because of the fact that they tend to come out in the December time frame end of the year. Always kind of a good placement for us to kind of drop in and talk about some of these Star Wars cartoons because, gang, there have been a lot. There have been a lot, and some of them have been fantastic, and some of them have been real bad. Droids were looking right at you. Directly. Yeah. So today, Star Wars... Talking about these Yoda Chronicles. <laughs> you can't, it's, it's always a good sign when Sean's laughing at the title. <laughs> yeah, that's, just, that's the kind of episode you know it's going to be. It's very it's very silly. And, you know, I think for Star Wars purists and people who are just enthusiasts or fans, uh, we're not discriminating in terms of what's here. Uh, I think Star Wars is one of those things that I grew up with as a kid. I love Star Wars. It was a huge part of my childhood, whether it was watching it on VHS tapes that my dad had recorded off of ABC whenever they had aired, uh, you know, back when I was very, very young to buying a lot of the action figures. Star Wars holds a very warm place in my heart. I've obviously had my heart broken a bunch of times uh, and I'm okay with that. 
I'm still okay with that, you know, regardless of how I feel uh, about certain iterations or certain versions of Star Wars, it's fine as a whole. I just really enjoy it. It's something captivating and magical for me. It always kind of brings me back to when I was a kid. Dave, how do you feel about Star Wars? I just like listening to your story. That made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Oh, well, thanks. Now, Star Wars was great for me as a kid, too. It was something that I didn't get into until, because my parents didn't watch it. It wasn't one of those things where, like, it was a generational, like, you've got to watch this, or that my parents went out and saw it in the theaters and, and had to pay attention to it. They didn't care. They never showed me one of the movies. I actually had to see it during a sleepover at a friend of mine's house, because it was their family really? tradition. Yeah, for whatever time of year the sleepover was. It was their family tradition to like watch it. And honestly, when I was a huh. kid, I was bored. I didn't like it the first time I saw it. I was wow. bored. Yeah. It was it was okay. one of those things that I got into once I kind of like watched it on my own and was like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing here. So it took a little while. And then I was like, I was way more into the engineering side of things, the the weapons, the vehicles, the droids, the tech. Uh, I had a bunch of those like encyclopedia books with all the blueprints and stuff in it that like mapped out what a lightsaber would look like what an atst would look like what you know oh, a cool. star destroyer with all that kind of nerdy engineering stuff and then i got into the customizable card game and the video games that came out and that was the end of that so that's where that kind of took off for me so oh yeah so for me like the original uh trilogy is great and i'm glad that they've had more stuff over the years and i love some of the cartoons uh that we have What's interesting about this one is it doesn't really matter what happens in it because it is now part of the Legends section of the Legends right. versus Canon divide. So everything we're going to talk about today is Legends, meaning doesn't really have any impact on the actual Canon universe. They can do kind of whatever they want, which makes sense considering some characters are dead by the time <laughs> they show up <sighs> at this show. Yeah. 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 But that's a, that's a fun divide for this show. Yeah. Right. I want to share just one final Star Wars memory that I have. So Return of the Jedi came out in 1983. My sister was born in 1983. I remember going with my dad uh, to the mall before going to see my sister in the hospital. My dad bought me a Star Wars action figure, and I'm pr I'm relatively certain it was the Bib Fortuna action figure Why wouldn't it be? that they had from Kenner. And so I loved every moment of it. So just very cool. Nice. Just Always fun to kind of see. I have these little Star Wars memories just popping in my brain, and it's always exciting. The only Star Wars thing my parents ever bought me, except maybe some of the customizable cards that were like more expensive, if I forced them to buy me like one card or an expansion pack or whatever. The, right. the like two people out there who played this game know what I'm talking about. But uh, <laughs> but she bought me when Episode One came out. I think I was like 18, so I don't know why she bought me this. It was a stuffed Jar Jar Binks doll because she didn't know. And it was after the movie came out, and I just looked at that thing. I was like, "Get that thing away from me!" Like I don't just want. A, and then just a cursed doll, it's a cursed a, doll, but just then, a child's played Chucky style doll. Exactly. But then my dog ate its toes. It didn't eat the rest of it. It just nibbled its toes away. So that essentially ruined it, and I could like guilt free throw it out. So that is that is a that is a, a heavy amount of dog kink shaming that you have thrown exactly. on your pooch. Yes, exactly. So, but a well trained dog. He's a very well trained dog. And. Well, we have obviously been talking about Lego Star Wars, Yoda Chronicles. If you are not familiar with it, don't worry. We're actually going to kick this over to a longtime friend and listener of the show, Bobby Anthem, to break it down for a synopsis of Lego Star Wars. So, Bobby, take it away. It is a pivotal moment for both Empire and Rebellion. The Rebels, under the leadership of Luke Skywalker, have destroyed all but one of the stolen Jedi holocrons in a daring raid on Coruscant. 
Enraged by this stinging defeat, the evil Emperor Palpatine has dispatched his fleet to the farthest reaches of the galaxy with one directive. Find and destroy Luke Skywalker. I could have Bobby read the opening crawl all day long. Typically, you don't read the opening crawl. A little bit different because we're going to talk about what they sort of did for this cartoon itself. I could have Bobby be that voice for me. I also want to note, we just insert Bobby into every cartoon regardless of where it is. So I definitely feel like Bobby has a place within the Star Wars universe. Please make that happen. It's interesting, like the crawl, the the galaxy far, far away, make that happen. The the crawls are interesting because like you said, in the movies, they don't narrate them. They just got John Williams score plays over them and you have to read it yourself. Uh, What a what a chore. But uh, the the cartoons, I guess maybe because they're made for kids and the the crawls tend to move fairly quickly and they use a lot of big words and and trade negotiation (laughs) terminology. But a lot of them are narrated, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. So let Bobby do that. Yeah. So let Bobby do that. Yeah. In the meantime, while Bobby is signing that contract, getting that space ink ready to to sign that contract, maybe just space e-ink. I don't know. It's an easier way to sign a contract. Mm -hmm. We are going to talk about this particular cartoon and we have watched one particular episode dave which one did we watch we watched the finale of the yoda chronicles which has various names depending on where you look it up yeah what are those names well one is the clash of the skywalkers and another is duel of the skywalkers i prefer duel Uh, i don't know what's actually canon i think on the disney plus site it is duel of the skywalkers so we're gonna go with that yeah duel Clash. We'll just consolidate. We can just call it Dash. Yeah. Dash of the Skywalkers. Dash of the Skywalkers. Just episode ten coming to a theater near you. Yeah, Dash right? of the Skywalkers. Actually, Perfect. Dash of the Skywalkers would be a great like family holiday Star Wars Christmas special. Ooh, get that Life Day celebration yeah, going on. Like dashing through the snow, except it's like all the Skywalkers oh. are all back together and it's like a make... land speeder just yeah, going through the snow. That'd be so nice. I like it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. So sweet. Yeah. Well, we are going to get a chance to talk about, regardless of how you want to say this particular name. Uh, Clash of the Skywalkers. We are going to have an opportunity to talk about this. The good, the bad, and the LOL. Yeah, very similar to the actual Spaghetti Western. But we're not going to talk about the ugly because, respectfully, a lot of people work on this. A lot of people spend a ton of time going into these cartoons. We want to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, or what really didn't resonate with us. And then we want to talk about a lot of the funny moments, whether they were intentional or unintentional, we want to get a chance to talk about some of these Star Wars related jokes. Dave, I want to say, starting with the good, both of us enjoyed, I believe, the first couple seconds of how this cartoon introed in. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Heck yeah. I mean, if anybody out there has never seen a Star Wars thing before, hey, why are you starting with this show of all things? (laughs) But secondly, like you should know, anytime a Star Wars thing starts, you get a fanfare and then you get an opening crawl, essentially. And I think what Sean and I both really like about this is, remember, this is part of the Legends category. So everything that happens in the show isn't canon. It doesn't really affect anything else in in the wider Star Wars universe. But they do use a lot of canon music names, characters, sounds and uh, other tropes. Vehicles. Vehicles. Yeah. Places, creatures, all kinds of stuff. So they Anything that, that defines stuff. a noun. Literally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Both common and, and, pro, and what's the other one? Proper. Proper. Common and proper. You're getting a grammar lesson. Proper. Wow. So yeah. So I mean that they're, I think you could sum it up by saying like their knowledge and their appreciation and their willingness to include Star Wars lore 
is definitely one of the good things about this. It's what made it, you know, it's what made it Star Wars and so it made it enjoyable to a Star Wars fan. Do you have like specifics that you like though? I mean, I just, I love the the John Williams music yep. kind of bringing me in immediately. It's something that I always associate with Star Wars. And then the crawl is a little bit different from the crawl that we're familiar with. And I think that's because the obvious target audience of this cartoon is probably a younger generation, a younger audience of children that are watching this show. So when the Star Wars crawl happens in the movie that we're all familiar with, you're reading the crawl on the big screen as it's happening. In this instance, there's actually a narrator that is reading the crawl for you. It's still very fun, but it's just a little different. And in my mind, it's Bobby Anthem reading it like he just did for our synopsis for the show. Exactly. So you feel free if you're watching this to mute it at home and cue up Bobby instead and then just let it play. So, yeah, bringing you into the cartoon in those first couple moments, always important to kind of grab your attention, pull you into that universe, especially with something that's as rich and as detailed and has spanned over as many generations, yeah. more more generations than I've been alive Yeah. Uh, into this universe. Always exciting. Dave, what else did you like about the cartoon? I really did like the voice cast as well, uh, to the point that they, they did such a good job that I was like, did some of the original cast come back? Because remember, this was back in, what, 2013 or 14? So 2014. Was, yeah, so it was before a lot of the like new movies came out and a lot of the resurgence on the big screen and small screen. Right. But a lot of the current projects and things you can find on Disney Plus in more recent years a lot of them feature the original voice cast. And obviously the the live action movies feature a lot of the returning original cast. Right. Not so in this one, but that wasn't that wasn't a knock with the exception of Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, who he's pretty much been C-3PO in like anything that ever had a Star Wars title attached to it, like literally right. like everything. <laughs> so with the exception of him, it was a bunch of uh, people doing not necessarily impressions, but their take on the characters. And they were really, really good. I mean... The script has some questionable material, but their delivery of it was spot on throughout. We'll, we'll talk about the, the yeah, script. We'll get, we'll get there a little bit. Yeah. I also want to be very clear in noting that our particular episode, Clash of the Skywalker, was yeah. in 2014, November of 2014. But the entire Yoda Chronicles started uh, mid-year, started May of 2013, ended November of 2014. So... If you're upset about the fact that I said this was 2014, don't at me online. I well, I actually do. I want to hear it. I want to hear. We it. do want to hear. It. Yeah, challenge him it. to a duel. What? Well, I mean, it's the theme of the episode. Might as okay. well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, fair. fair. Challenge fair. him to a lightsaber duel. That way, nobody will get hurt because they don't exist. Moving on. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Clash of the Skywalkers, Clash of the Sean Ellis. I don't know, duel of the Sean no, Ellis. Whatever you want to do. Oof. Whatever alternative title you want to add to this duel, I'm also down with that. So let me know. Nice. I will say that what you brought up about sort of the the interesting take on these characters, that it's not necessarily the exact voice actors. One of the things that was great with this is just seeing some of those familiar characters that yeah. I know and love from Star Wars. And so it's interesting because, as you mentioned, it's that particular voice actor's take on that character. So Vader, in this moment, you kind of have him as a comedy foil, which yeah. for a kid's cartoon... As we've mentioned, the writing is maybe not so great, but the delivery and sort of some of the things that happen, it's not the worst. It's not terrible, uh, but it's also fun to kind of see some of those characters in new and interesting ways within the context of the Star Wars universe for something that obviously is not canon so they can play around and have right. a little bit of fun with it. Full disclosure, I think we can all recognize and note that anything that's Lego related, whether it's the Lego movie or any series or any other 
Lego iteration of an intellectual property that's out there is a little bit goofy, is a little bit silly and slapstick in terms of the comedy and the effect that's there. Some of it is targeted towards a younger audience, but it also is appealing and kind of universal to older audiences who will watch this with their younger children. But that's that's something I kind of liked about this. Yeah. It was like as strong as the Star Wars brand was for this, even though I had a slightly like it was less serious, a, a not canon and a more of a comedic take, which I liked. Right. I also really liked how strong Lego came through with their particular brand. So obviously it was the Lego characters. They've got their swappable helmets and sometimes their hair or whatever. They've got their, you know, different costumes or whatever. They, when ships or planets or whatever (laughs) break apart, there's little bricks that go flying off rather than just like pieces of jagged things. They like break apart into actual bricks. So it's like little touches like that, that just remind you like you're watching a Lego thing. It was cute. It was well done. Right. Yeah. But just some of the characters that we see, you know, for Emperor Palpatine uh, with his comedic bit of are we there yet? kind of mimicking kids in the back of a car on a long road trip. It's funny. It's fine. We have the Wampa. We have Luke and Han. It's fun to see these characters. And that was really enjoyable for me is to see that cast in this setting. I'm I'm glad that they had a chance to kind of play around with some of the personalities. Granted, obviously, as we said, it's not those voice actors. It's still fun. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's interesting about that is in all the other cartoons, all the other iterations or whatever, they're they're kind of like original creations. I think I could be wrong, but I think in, in most of the Lego things, those are all things that you see on screen. You can buy them. <laughs> so like if you see a little Palpatine <laughs> figure, pretty sure you can buy them. If you see like a full on Star Destroyer made of Legos or whatever, guaranteed you can buy that. So it's kind of like watching a big toy commercial. But it's a really well done. So I kind of like that, too. I like the fact that everything on screen you could conceivably make at home if you wanted to do like stop motion. Obviously, this is CG computer animated stuff, but you could do it if you had the time. Everything that is in this cartoon is very toyetic. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you see it. And then there's obviously that idea of if it's not already out as a Lego package. Right. It is probably on its way to be. Or if enough fans demand it, then they'll make it. What I really want is like the next generation of these shows. And I guarantee it's coming at some point where you Mm -hmm. have like an interactive screen. So when you watch something like this, you can like pause it and just be like, boop, and it'll just take you to a link to like an Amazon page where you can buy that figure. That's got to be coming at some time soon. I'm I'm sure it's if it's not already on the way to Disney Plus. Yeah. As part of their next package. Next update. Yeah, on exactly. the way. Read the release notes. <laughs> yeah, before easy you, purchasing before you sign up next year. Yeah, before you get that Christmas present, make sure to read the fine print. Yeah. Can I talk about another couple characters real quick? Yeah, please. So we got Chewbacca, who's super fun, but we don't really get to do much with him in this. We don't get a ton. Episode. We don't get a ton of them in this. We'll get to that in a little bit because some of these yep. characters and the way they handle it are a little wonky, but we get some interesting lore drops. So like we learn about his bandolier, and it may or may not be canon at this point remember but it was funny the way they did it anyway we also get to spend time with um biggs dark lighter and jack porkins of all characters <laughs> so for like the star wars nerds out there who recognize both of these characters they know kind of their different fates and where they both end up and where some of them stop and where some of them continue on but you also get characters like jack not to be confused with jack porkins jack is another clone of the the fets another Django fett clone who shows up in a variety of different uh, series and stories. And he shows up as a pretty cool character in this one. And it was neat to just see that kind of like random out of the blue inclusion um, on a on a Lego series. So that was kind of neat. All right. More Mandalorians. As many as we can get. Heck yeah. More Baby Yodas. Oh boy. 
Anything else that you enjoyed about this cartoon, Dave? Yeah, again, it was pretty much just the strength of the brand of both Star Wars and Lego working together really well in a, in a way that they complemented each other. I thought that was really good. Understood. Yeah. Let's get in and let's explore some of the things that didn't work so well for us. Oh, no. Uh, we've kind of already talked a little bit about the script. Is there sort of a high level thing that you didn't like about the script or the writing, Dave? I've got a lot of examples that I could kind of talk to. Yeah. But I, I think for me, sometimes it was, and we've mentioned this, sort of the joke nature of oh, yeah. the Lego brand in terms of how they attack specific IPs. Some of the jokes just kind of missed the mark for me, or it felt like they were so interested in making something a joke that it derailed and stopped kind of the fun that the two brands were having together. I think we're on the same page because it was like the Lego brand, I think was still strong as the star Wars was like we said, but the tone of the comedy, the cheesiness was sometimes right. just too much. I get that it's a kid's show, but man, some of the some of the cheese was just was a bit too much. It, yeah. it pushed a little too far sometimes. And it also like the counter to that, because it was so cheesy that anytime they set up any kind of like a dramatic stakes or any kind of like tense actiony moments, which the show is again, it's a comedy. Anytime they set that up, they would undercut it with a joke and it would just kind of fall flat and drain any tension out of it. So it was fine, but it wasn't my cup yeah. of tea. Sometimes you can use comedy to kind of, you know, uh, introduce levity into a serious situation yeah. and kind of, you know, take some of that burden off and make those characters a little bit more relatable. In these instances, it was somebody talking weird to to another character or somebody saying something that was very out of character yeah. for that particular, you know, Luke Skywalker, or even Han Solo. The, I think that what bothered me towards the very end is... There's even this moment where Han has this comment to C-3PO where he's like, give me a little kiss. And it just bothered the <laughs> heck I, out of me. The only reason they set that up, and you could tell there were a number of times throughout this specific episode that they set up gags because of uh, environmental things. So we learned that like Chewie uh, is, a comp- is just a frozen block of Wookiee. He's just a, a Wookiee-sickle. Like he's just frozen completely. Which makes zero sense even in their script because they're like the only one not freezing to death is Chewie because he's a walking fur coat or whatever. And, he's and they are on Hoth. Frozen solid. They're on Hoth. Right. Right. But they set that up, I think, so that Chewie couldn't just go toe to toe with the Wampa who shows up later. So they had to like neutralize him somehow. So there's weird story things. But to Sean's point, the reason that Han wanted to quote unquote give C-3PO a kiss is just so that his lips will stick to the metal uh, the metal skin of C-3PO's head. Yeah. That's it. That's the only reason that they Who doesn't want it an updated Christmas story yeah. tongue to a pole joke? That's a double dog dare you. Yep, there you go. That's right. I just felt like a lot of the, the, the jokes that they had, if they weren't falling flat, it was to kind of poke fun at like an oopsie that one of the characters had introduced for themselves, which is okay. It just... Yeah. I just I felt like this was more concerned sometimes with introducing and making those jokes, even if they weren't funny. Uh, it definitely felt like it could have been something that, you know, we've joked about this before, and maybe this isn't the case. Maybe a lot of people spend a lot of time putting together these jokes and really getting into it. There are moments, though, that we have also joked for other cartoons where maybe they're on their way to lunch and they're like, we just have to get this one joke. Yeah. Yeah. on the page and then we can all go to Quidoba, whatever anybody's got and they're like yeah. how about we say Han just gives him a little kiss and you're like stop baby talking to me but write it down because we're <laughs> going to get burritos <laughs> yeah that's 100% how that happened I'm sure yeah 
but it's it's weird stuff too where like every character has to joke there's no yeah there's no tone diversity there's, there's no, no balance no, there's no straight man there's no i mean with the exception of leia like leia is the only person who's like actually trying to get stuff done yeah. she's like all right we're at the base we got to get this done y'all are idiots well you screwed that up so let's move <laughs> she's the only person who's like mom essentially everybody right. else is a child running around and i'm even including vader and palpatine and that was one of the weirdest things for me to try to get over was anytime a star wars title pops up they try to just cram vader in wherever they can in this because it's not canon it's fine but a silly vader is still something that takes some getting used to and even harder for me a silly palpatine right it'd be one thing if vader was kind of like goofy and doing a conga line and like having these one-liners and stuff it's really weird when palpatine is also this kind of like childish kid-like force that doesn't really have anything to do with the story it's funny when one of them is petulant but when both of them are petulant it's just like a kid leading another kid scenario that I mean, maybe it resonates again with a younger audience. Maybe kids are cracking up about this and it just is a joke that's not going to hit with me. That's fine. It, yeah. it just it just didn't work for me during this watch. No, to me, it's funnier when you obviously I mean, it's a, it's a basic setup. You have like one goofball and one straight right. man. Like it could have been like that. Or you have one authority figure and another person who kind of like undercuts it. That would be fine. They're both just like very silly to the point that like like you were saying earlier, like, are we there yet? Which is one of the one of the few jokes that like actually makes me actively angry um <laughs> sean just watched my head just like turned like beet red uh, but it's like it's some kind of humor when palpatine does that with the pilot of the ship and the pilot of the ship is actually the one who has to be like the father figure and just be like if you don't stop asking sir i'm just gonna turn the shuttle around right now we're gonna go back home like that's kind of funny but it was just on the wrong foot right like if it would have been vader asking are we there yet then that's funny but the way they set it up yeah man. Very weird. Very there were a couple of lines that they had where Luke says something to the extent of crazy like a space fox. I didn't need that. Yeah, I didn't need that. No, I don't need it. No. Han calls C-3PO Goldie at one point, and then in the next scene calls him Professor. I couldn't remember if he called him Professor in the original series or if I'm getting confused with Indiana Jones or my own fanfic. I don't know which one it was. Or your own sexy, horny fanfic between the two properties. Yeah, Honestly, there you yeah. go. Bam. Also, also Lego, coincidentally. Oh, weird, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, well, ooh, to each their own. But yeah, I, I don't remember if he called him Goldie and or Professor before. So if you guys are listening and you have documented evidence of Han <laughs> calling C-3PO either Goldie or Professor in canon, <laughs> let us know. Anything else that didn't hit for you, Dave, that we didn't cover? Because I've got I've got one or maybe two big ones for me. Why don't you, you tell me what it is? Because mostly it was just kind of the cheesy factor and the, the tone of comedy that was a little off. That's about sure. it. I didn't quite understand, and I had to go back and do a little Googling to understand where this fell in terms of the timeline because of the introduction of these interstitials that they have where yeah. Forced Ghost, Obi-Wan, and Yoda are watching this from Dagobah, and they're jumping in every once in a while, and they're they're yeah. kind of participating in a part of this episode. Is that like a framing story? Yeah, Is that I mean, what it I was? think that they were just okay. trying to fill space in some case because then down the sure. road whenever there's a holocron that hits the ground and you see this story, Luke makes a comment and says, who's that little green guy? Except the fact that the holocron is in like a blue tone. I don't understand how it's, that's basic colors, gang, gang. That's like, that's how that works. Blues and greens, I mean, I guess maybe if it's a dress on the internet and you're having a question about it, maybe. 
But it, what would be weird is if he was like colorblind and he saw the holocron as all green. So then A, everybody would be green. <laughs> but then also later when he saw Yoda in real life, he'd be like, oh, he's a little blue guy. So none of that <laughs> None of it checks out. But that's why it's legends and not canon. Oh, uh, man. So that, that was weird. It took me a minute, you know, to, to understand where this sort of fit, which is obviously in between yeah. episode four and five. Right. Because the, the Skywalkers don't know each other right. yet. They don't know that they're obviously father and son. Spoiler alert for a 40 year old movie. Um, yeah. And a lot of the a lot of the, the things that happen in the plot haven't happened yet because it's after the first original Star Wars. But I think I don't know if you maybe found this in your research or not. This is the last episode of Yoda Chronicles. Correct. But there were six before that. And there are also some mini episodes. A lot of them take place throughout time. So I think what's going on is uh, Yoda and Obi-Wan are sort of like having this discussion, catching up on old times. Obi-Wan's like, what have I missed since I've been a weird force ghost? And Yoda's like, oh boy, let me tell you. And then they go back and like revisit different periods in their history. Because there's like old uh, Clone Wars stuff with like Count Dooku and and, uh, Grievous and all those things. And they kind of move through time all the way up to... The original Star right. Wars. I think the first and and a little bit beyond the first yeah. episode for Yoda Chronicles is the Phantom Clone. Then it's Menace right. of the Sith, Attack of the Jedi. Right. So there's a lot of things that parallel the the episode one through three. Well, and you could hear it in the titles, right? Exactly. right? They just mishmashed all their names up in the alphabet yep. soup kind of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. So so they had fun. They with had it. a good time. Yeah. There's something else you didn't like about the ending of this. Yeah, one, it was though. straight up just the ending. I, I did not like <laughs> the ending. Had I watched all six of the previous episodes for Yoda's Chronicle and then finished with this seventh episode, I would have been very frustrated with sort of the resolution of everything that happened. Very deus ex machina. Something happened very quickly. It gets rid of uh, Vader uh, in this duel, because if the idea is to have this as a duel or a clash of the Skywalkers, there's not much of a clash or a duel between the two. It really happens within the last minute of the program Luke is able to escape because he basically uses a Beetlejuice ending, which is if you're familiar with one or with episode four. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say with Beetlejuice. With, if you're familiar with Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, don't Beetlejuice say his ending. name yeah. three times in a row, gang. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, shit. I think we just did. I said it twice, I think, at this point. So, but you but said it. I you added said it. it once. Is that, but I think it's like continuous. By the I same don't know. Way. It's on one track you know on the podcast. I think Beetlejuice. it's going to count. Oh, yep, did it. Did it. Did it, anyway. did it anyway. Well. Next week on the podcast. Beetlejuice, the cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Again. Um, so they have an exogorth, which is a space or like a space worm that they have. I never knew that was the yeah. name of it. And so they had this. I just knew it as cave worm. Yeah. Yeah. They had this exogorth that uh, ends up just kind of coming out of this crevice that Luke is acting like he's falling into. The worm then grabs and it it bites down on Vader inside the exogorth's mouth. Vader hits the tonsils of it with his lightsaber a couple times and then it gets spit yeah. into space. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where, again, it's a little far-fetched. They had to, I'm assuming they probably got to the end and they're like, ooh, how do we wrap this up real quick? It just didn't have the the impact, especially with an episode that is called Clash or Duel of the Skywalkers. Very little in terms of what they're doing. Yes, they are chasing each other throughout a majority of episode, but you want that fight to actually take place. Uh, yeah. It was hastened. Instead you get the bite. Yeah, it was very yeah. hastened in terms of its execution. 
What's interesting there is if it was canon, then you would just make your armor from the tonsil of an Exegorth, and then you would be lightsaber proof. Because <laughs> he didn't cut the tonsil, he just kind of yeah, rang it like a bell. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. that works. That uh, nope. I, Legends. Yeah, legends. I think that that's the best way to explain away <laughs> it is. a lot it really of the is. weirdness in this is just shrug your shoulders and just go, legends. Legends. Who knew? Uh so, there was a lot of funny stuff. Yeah. Though. So let's get into some of these LOLs because this is things that we found either intentionally or unintentionally funny. Dave, what were you laughing about throughout this episode? I actually liked the end of that episode. I actually liked <laughs> the the space worm at the end coming out of nowhere because I was like, that's a hell of a way to do it. Because you couldn't, you know, you couldn't have that duel. Sure. Because that happens throughout the rest of the main series. So it was it was a fun way to, to do that. I thought it was kind of cute. And uh, yeah, a weird way to end the whole series right but I, I thought it was cute um another thing i think we both have in common are the little sight gags the little visual or visual jokes that they pepper in throughout there what were some of your favorites uh, there was one that was for mustafar and it just said a dry mm-hmm. heat which i loved it it was like it was like a like a vacation ad yeah. it's like visit the planet mustafar it's a dry heat uh, like i love that. a lot of like postcard kind of things yeah, yeah. that you would see that would and be signage around. yeah just tons yeah. and tons of signage all over the place for this just, you know, and I, I believe a lot for a lot of those visual gags, I'm assuming that they're appealing to the older audience that's watching yes. that knows, you know, episode one through probably six when this came out. When did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When did um, episode seven come out? Was that in. I want to say 16. I want to say 15, but okay. I'm not sure off the top of my head. But this was obviously in production before that. Right. So this was all pre the the current trilogy but um it was definitely for like the lore nerds out right. there because it's like if you didn't know what mustafar was that joke would sail right over your head for the most part yes but the fact that they were just like it's a dry heat like that cracked yeah. me up and that was one of the first things that you see too so it was pretty good they, they just have a sign that says jedi cultural center that's on the planet Hoth, which was just <laughs> right. silly for some reason well, I also like that they had a like temporary rebel <laughs> resistance base. Yeah. It was like yeah, just a placeholder. Yeah. Like we're not going to stay here for long. It's not the. It's just a temporary yeah. base because the the rebels and the resistance move a lot. They've probably had I don't know how many bases over the course of all the movies and stories. Right. And this is another. we have one that just randomly says yes that asteroid field as Luke is flying cute. into an asteroid field. I'm like oh, okay yeah I mean I'm laughing I like I'm giggling that. about this. Like it's that. it's fun. It's it's funny because it's like we say like a galaxy far far away and it's just kind of like we keep coming back to the same spots like even in like the Mandalorian they don't say the names of the planets straight up most of the time and they're not Tatooine, Dantooine, Yavin, Hoth, Dagobah they're not those planets but they look exactly like them because they keep using the same familiar terrain because that's what fans know and, and you know. Expect. Could have been Alderaan. Rest in peace. Alderaan. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Alderaan. Yeah. May you live forever in our memories and hearts. Anyway. I don't know why you went to the Jersey Shore to be able to deliver that. I don't know that, that why eulogy, I that. but I like it. Little known fact is the the people of Alderaan uh, all spoke like the members of Jersey Shore. <laughs> That's why we got rid of it? So not a big loss, oh. really. Sorry, Alderaan. You're just one giant Jersey Shore <laughs> planet. Just GTL all oh, over the place. Oh, my gosh. I hope there's a space GTL that somebody tweets at us with what they think Star Wars GTL would be. I want to hear it. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, man. All right. What else is good? Uh, I just had a couple like the regular jokes that they had that were peppered in every sure. once in a while. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like the the Since it was a comedy, there was a lot of truly funny stuff in here. It's just not everything landed. Yeah. There's the, the moment where Vader says in his ship towards the end, he goes, oh, Anakin pulled, or he pulled an Anakin on me, which he is... For all intents yeah. and purposes, he is Anakin. So it's kind of like a humble brag, yeah. but also like maybe had some brain damage and wasn't quite <laughs> sure 
what who he was or where he yeah. came from. I don't know. It's kind I'm of assuming silly, it's you know the obvious idea of hey, I shed that personality. I'm no longer Anakin. I am Lord Vader. And also, it hasn't been revealed in canon yet, so I can't talk about it. And I'll pretend that I'm not. But here. you know, shrug legends. <laughs> legends. I gotta say, Vader had some of my favorite one. Oh yeah, what do you have? One of them was, I think, when a shuttle or something was going to crash into their ship, which the physics in this is also really yeah. funny. When, like, a shuttle crashes through the, like, bridge of uh, an Imperial and just the <laughs> Star <bricks>. Destroyer, <laughs> it just bricks, just fly everywhere. But also, nobody gets sucked out into space. Uh. Everybody can breathe. That's fine. But I think when that was about to happen, he looked at the window and shouted, Great Gunray's ghost! And that just cracked me up. Because, A, it's it's a callback to, like, you know, Perry White, like, Great Caesar's ghost, that kind of ex- exclamation. Right. But also, it's a callback to Newt Gunway, yeah. all the way back episode from one. Uh, episode Gotta one. Gotta get into that Trade uh, Federation discussion. Get back to those Gungans yeah. uh, on Naboo. So I was like, okay, that's funny. I didn't expect that. But the one that really had me doubled up, there was a joke. Something happened. I don't remember what the setup was. But Vader says, he, he kind of like chuckled a little bit. And he's like, I'd laugh if it didn't sound weird and cause me horrible pain. <laughs> like that actually yeah that i had to hit pause because i was laughing pretty hard with that. <laughs> it's just kind of like that's a it's pretty dark humor but also like it's pretty good no i like it any anything yeah. else that you liked about this before we get into our recommendations uh again like visual gags like they there was the moment where they had the asteroid field and the star destroyers like all the tie fighters and stuff can fly through it because they're small enough but the star destroyer just crashed right into it (laughs) and they like hit and the whole front of their ship just disintegrated in the blocks so then when they backed up later to like the backup beeping truck noise the whole front of their ship was just gone is just decimated that made me laugh (laughs) how about you uh yeah every once in a while there was like a, a very early on there was vader uh in his TIE fighter coming up to a bunch of other TIE fighters and they couldn't figure yeah. out how to get out of the way. So he just kind of bowled right through them. That was funny. It was a, yeah. it was a lame joke, but I don't know why it made me laugh so hard. I think because I probably drive my car in the DMV area, which is a frustrating thing to begin with. It, the idea of being able to bowl over a bunch of cars in traffic, especially because they're in space I, with infinite possibilities of being able to go around. Yeah. I think it was also the the juxtaposition of like, because when they set this up, it was the John Williams music, it was the TIE fighter sounds, they launched all the TIE fighter fleet, and they were all just, whoosh, you yeah. know, like in formation and going. And then they brought it up short, because everybody's like, well, wait, I don't know where to go. And they were all in like a traffic jam. Yeah. So it was that juxtaposition of like, very serious opening, and then a comedic kind of follow through from there. So it's kind of yeah. funny. Oh, I like it. I think that was probably yeah. it for me in terms of jokes. You like little R2 getting a moment. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> I liked, uh, was it R2? Uh, at some point at the end, he's fighting against like an evil R2 unit. Yeah, like evil R2. And evil yeah. R2 kind of pulls out like a, looks like a flamethrower, like a buzzsaw out of the top of uh, the, the the droid. And then yeah. R2 opens up and he's got like three times as many different buzzsaws, yeah. flamethrowers, <laughs> rocket, like he's got all this different weaponry that he comes got out. Everything. That made me giggle a lot because I thought that was funny. Especially when the evil R2 took off and hightailed yeah. it out of there. And then, yeah, it was and then what was it? Regular R2 got like force pushed off the side of a cliff. <laughs> he did. He just went flying off. But he has a little jetpack. Yeah. So it's okay. funny to think because it was like, oh, that was the creator who just kind of like <laughs> force pushed yeah, him off. Fair enough. Like he's been with him for a long Bye-bye. time. And oh, well, bye-bye. That's a real Anakin yeah. move. And but yeah, that's about it for yeah. me. So now we've gotten to the time where this is the good, the bad, the LOL. Let's get into our recommendations. So. We've got the Yoda Chronicles, Lego Star Wars. We've got, depending on when or how you watch this, Clash or Duel of the Skywalkers. Dave, we can recommend this. We can also say we don't recommend it, and we can say why. 
If we don't recommend it, we can go one step further and we can give this the dip, the Roger Rabbit style dip. Who framed Roger Rabbit? You can dip this cartoon, erase it from the annals of cartoon history. Dave, what are your thoughts and feelings on the Yoda Chronicles? Not going to recommend it. Really? But not going to do it. Okay. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's okay. It's fine for two sets of people, right? The purists, the, the completionists who want to go out there and see anything that has either Lego or Star Wars on the title and they want to see it all, watch it. Cool. Also for the people who are just like genuinely curious about like new stuff that maybe they came across on Disney Plus and they were like, I didn't know this existed. Let's check it out. Give it a try. You'll know within five minutes whether you like the, the brand of humor, the fact that it's not canon, so the stories don't really quote unquote matter. Uh, but beyond that, it's very light. It's very kind of superficial and shallow. There's some cool name drops and lore stuff, but ultimately it's it's just kind of silly. And uh, it, was, it was only okay. So I can't really recommend it, but it's out there if you want to seek it yeah. out. But it won't get dipped. How about you? Ah. <sighs> I, I've been really kind of struggling with this because yeah. getting ready to give my recommendation, I, lo and behold, I actually I write my recommendation out and then I, I've given a lot of thought to it. I'm actually going to recommend this. What I, the? F I'm going to recommend this because I, you know, from Weird. our conversation today, I think that there's a lot of strength in terms of the when the Lego and the Star Wars brand hits in this cartoon. It hits, and it's very fun. Yeah. It's very enjoyable. Yeah. I love the fact that we get John Williams, we get our, our crawl. We have a lot of things that brought me into the Star Wars universe and got me excited to watch this. And when Lego and Star Wars brands are strong in this, it's great. It's very fun. I really enjoyed that. But when it is crappy, it misses the mark completely. But as somebody who really enjoys Star Wars, I, I was brought into this... It wasn't offensive, and for a 22-minute cartoon, I didn't really find myself looking at my phone or looking away or finding an excuse not to watch it. It wasn't offensive in that sense. It was neat to kind of see. I hate the word using saying neat, but I, it was kind of interesting. It fits here, yeah, though. it was neat yeah. to see a different uh, interpretation for some of these characters and how they acted and behaved together. And so, for that alone, I would recommend. I will say, like, and we didn't really mention it much, but the animation is really good. Like, yes. Lego knows their animation, how to animate their characters, and how to play up visual gags. That was great. The one major thing that I forgot, which is why I don't recommend it, the name, the title, is a little misleading. To me, when I hear Yoda Chronicles, I'm like, oh, cool. We get to hear more, like, we get to see more stories with Yoda. Yeah. We get to see more action from Yoda. You don't get any of that. It's just Yoda sitting on a log, talking to a ghost, roasting <laughs> hot dogs, maybe porgs, I don't know, and just retelling stories that were lost in the canon universe. So to me, that was a little disappointing too, that we didn't actually get more Yoda. Uh, so you'll have to watch Mandalorian for that, I yeah, guess. which is perfect. Also, watch Mandalorian. It is fantastic. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Anything else, Dave, about That's Lego it. Star Wars Yoda Chronicles? Dip that baby Yoda. What? Don't what? never Who said that? Never dip Sorry. that baby Yoda. Sorry, that was the dark you side. You treasure that up. little child oh, as goodness, much as I... you can. You take it back. Whew. I gave in to the dark uh, side for just a second, and that came through. I apologize, wow. everyone. Don't do it. No, we're good. Oh, man. <laughs> Don't do it. Well, you heard him on this episode. We have to give a big thanks to our friend, Bobby Anthem. You can check out his paranormal podcast, Inhuman Experience, uh, with his co-host, Bobby Blades. You can find them on Twitter at IEXP underscore podcast. And Bobby has a solo show that goes on the same feed as Inhuman, 
that is called In Search of My Lost Soul. I think he's up to nine episodes right now. At least I've listened to nine episodes of In Search of My Lost Soul. They're wonderful. I really highly recommend it. You can find this anywhere the podcasts are listened to. Dave, what do you have going on, buddy? Same old stuff, bud. You can find me over at Collider.com. Check me out on Twitter at DrClawMD. And if you're still looking for that holiday present for you and yours at the end of the year, I got that book, The Science of Breaking Bad. You can check it out. How about you, bud? What's going on with Man, you? as always, I perform live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that is called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. You can get tickets and times at witdc.org.porg. <laughs> oh, nice. I, oh, man. Does somebody have that domain? I don't already? know. We got we to gotta buy all get .porg it. domains. Get it? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Paul Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want all porg related things that are that are available. We need to look up starwars.org oh, and see if we can get if that. If that's not there, big big mistake gang. It, big branding opportunity ours. Disney. Let's get on it. Uh, want to support this show? Hey, you can really easily do it. Tell a friend. Tell a friend about a cartoon that you like. Ask them to wa- listen to Saturday morning cartoons. Remember that's morning with a U. Also, give us a review on Apple iTunes. We really super appreciate it. I know everybody says this I guess it helps. I don't know. I just want your feedback. You can do it in any way, shape, or form. If you want to send us your feedback, super easy. Slide into our DMs on Twitter at Morning Tunes. Remember, that's Morning with a U. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Saturday Morning Cartoons. Drop us an old-fashioned email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. You can find everything that we've talked about either in this episode or in this outro in our link tree, which is the weird-o-looking link that is in the bio for all of our social media sites. You can also find what cartoons we've actually watched for this show. You can even submit a cartoon. It has a phone number that you can call and make a recommendation of what we should watch. And legally, according to our cartoon lawyers, we have to watch those. So don't worry. Gotta watch it. We'll be ramping up to do those in 2020 because those cartoon lawsuits, we want nothing to do with them. (laughs) You can also listen to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere fine podcasts are sold. Thank you guys so much for listening to Lego Star Wars. Appreciate it. And I feel like I should just like, legends. (laughs) Legends. (laughs) Thank you guys so much, and we'll be back next week. See you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.